This is but one of a thousand true crimes. Hey everyone, welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. You are here with Chelsea and Joe. How's it going, girl? How's your week? It's been a week. It hasn't been terrible. I mean, the nice weather has come back, so I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of rain. My garden is really just like growing wild, and I love it. But yeah, it's been a good week. How about you? It's been good. Nothing like same. It's very like just, uh, just a week. Nothing and sometimes bad, nothing good. Sometimes we got to take the just a weeks. It's sometimes just that's been great. A, it's been a week just outside yep. a lot with the weather. And I'm excited because I'm going to Kansas City next week. So for Easter, yes. see the fam. Um, yeah, that's it's it. It's going to be like, so my fun. My life is very boring. I'm dreading the plane ride, though. How long of a flight is it? So we have to go from here and stop in Atlanta and then Atlanta to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I think from like here to Atlanta, it's like an hour, hour and a half. And from Atlanta to Kansas, it's like two hours, something like that. I mean, they're short flights for adults. But still, but yeah, that's a pain. And they're still making people wear masks on the plane. Yeah. That I'm just like, I was really hoping that... At least for kids, like. But I was gonna say, baby B, he's under two. He shouldn't be man. Nope. That legal, legally, he shouldn't be allowed, or he shouldn't be mandated to wear a mask. Under two. Well, you could certainly like lie and say. That. No, he is definitely talking. Oh well, no, nope. yep. beyond nope. beyond a two. Beyond <laughs> that. Um, nope. But his like that's not advice, gonna work. <laughs> yeah, no, no. They would be like, that's some bullshit. Um, you sure? But <laughs> you sure? <laughs> He does still, like, take some bottles of, like, milk and toddler formula. So I'm going to kind of just, like, pop it in his mouth mm-hmm. whenever yeah. like, the flight attendant comes by. And I am kind of hoping that since we've been COVID for, like, three years now and that they'll be a little bit more lenient with a two-year-old than they were in the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I so. think I have a feeling people will be much more gracious this this time I hope so but I'm just like I gotta download like all the Disney movies on my phone and computer and yeah part of me is like I just want to like give him some melatonin but I did that last time and he had night terrors on the plane so like not gonna try that again I don't know <laughs> I'm just, take I lollipops have, that helps with the ear popping I'm just I'm, I'm gonna give him his bottle the that bottle yep, helps too, it, yeah sucking yep sucking I yep. just I feel like I have a little bit of PTSD from the flight <laughs> from Hawaii. To that was, was so bad. long. That, that was, was so such bad. a long flight. Just remember, this is not so long. <laughs> I know. I have to remind myself, if I could get through that, I can Exactly. Exactly. And I think that they're starting now to serve alcohol. This was like at the height of COVID. So alcohol was like not being served. In, even get we you a glass class. of wine. So I'm hoping and... <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, he's old. Just say some prayers. <laughs> it'll be better. It'll be better. I, I wager it'll be better. I hope so. If not, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Anyways, though, what are you drinking over there tonight? So I have some Cab Sav. It's it's called Cycles Gladiator. I've never tried it before. Again, I picked it because I'm trying to, you know, get new, different wines to try. Um, And it had a naked woman on the front. You know how much I love a naked woman. So I grabbed it, and it actually is really good. It's definitely... It's not a, a long-aged Cab Sav, but mm-hmm. it's got all the elements that you need with a Cab Sav. It's totally drinkable. It's delicious. not super expensive. I think it was like $16, um, but I got to say the Prophecy is still my favorite. Okay. There you go. It's nice. Nice. What do you have over there? Um, So it's like a f- I did not make it to the store today. And mm. so I am having a blue moon light sky that was Ooh, left I over. I love blue moon. Have you heard? It's like their skinny drink. I don't know. Right, right. It's like 95 calories. Um, and we had like an impromptu barbecue this past mm-hmm. weekend because I guess like some coworkers of my husband's overbought for a company barbecue and literally his friend just comes up with like a hundred chicken kebabs and like 15 steaks oh darn (laughs) yeah but i was like there's no way that two people are going to be able able to eat this right Um, right right (laughs) even if we freeze it and like like it's just it's gonna go bad um so we had a barbecue and someone left these so but i'm wishing i had wine because from what you told me, it sounds like our case is going to be a little bit more intense. And I don't think a light sky blue moon is going to cut it for me. <laughs> yes, I do want to go ahead and offer a trigger warning. Um, there is child abuse in this case. Uh, there is some pretty intense racism. Uh, so either brace yourself or just excuse yourself from this episode. So, um we just want to offer those before we go in because it's it's intense. I mean, it's it's rough. It's rough. <sighs> yeah, it's rough. It's I important don't even know. and it needs it needs to be talked <laughs> I don't about. Even and know they, that's, if I want to be, here I know. I leave. And Ch- <laughs> Chelsea and I have talked about how we kind of like don't want to do like the child abuse cases because for both of us, that's just a little bit too far. Like neither of us like this, and so. I'm hoping with that understanding, then all of our listeners will gather that I think this is so important to talk about um, okay. so that we can remember this child's name and we should all remember this child's name. Okay. All right. I might cry in this one, Chelsea. I might cry. <laughs> i Probably am going to like be very angry, <laughs> um, and yes. depressed, and you will be angry. Mm-hmm. You will be angry. There's no question about that. I, and honestly, like we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Um, there were a lot of children who were done wrong in this story. So. Are you ready? Oh, wait. I had a really quick update that I wanted to throw in for you guys um, that I got from Rabia's Instagram about the Adnan Syed case. Mm -hmm. So he very recently got moved to a new prison that is 15 minutes away from his family. And Georgetown has accepted him as a virtual student. So he is right next to where his family needs to be. And he's working on getting his degree from Georgetown. So that's 
for in my and opinion, great news. They're still waiting for like the appeal and the next case and everything. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about the okay. appeal. Um, I'm pretty sure that they filed it, but uh, of course they're keeping things pretty close to their chest. So we haven't heard anything about that. But he did get moved right next to where his family is, and he's he's able to pursue a degree from Georgetown University, which is if you're Amazing. not from America, yeah, if you're not from America and you don't know, that's a pretty prestigious school. So yeah, yeah. Well, congrats. Right. Okay. I'm just avoiding like it. going into this. Well, right. you know, rip the bandaid off. Here we go. It's important. It's important. It needs to be talked about. And I'm not going to I'm not going to be too afraid to talk about it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just need you to start. <laughs> like, OK, so we are in South Carolina in 1944. Does not sound great. <laughs> Already everybody's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, she does not. Mm-mm. 19, 1944? Yeah, 1944. Okay, so World War II is going strong. Yep, World War II is happening abroad, um, and a family of six, the Stinnies, were living in work housing at a sawmill in Alkaloo, South Carolina. Um, and then my sources for this, I just want to, let me read that off really fast. So... The way I found this was because of the documentary 83 Days, which is actually a short. You can find it on YouTube. It's not a very okay. long one. but um, So I supplemented that information with um, an article from Stanford University called Say Their Names. I also read an article from the National Coalition to Abolish the Death Penalty, um, I'm not going to give out the names of these articles uh, just because I feel like it'll kind of give away some things. Um, I got an article from NPR called uh, uh, I won't say that one either. I got an article from NPR. I'll say the names at the end. Um, okay. I also used Wiki- Wikipedia for a little bit of help and then also um, findagrave.com. Okay. Okay. South Carolina. Oops. South Carolina. Okay, so like I said, the Stinnies are living in work housing at a sawmill in Alkaloo, South Carolina. They were a respectable family of color. George Sr. worked at the local sawmill, which provided housing for his family and his wife. It's either Amy or Amay. Um, the pronunciation was not listed in any of the articles, but the E has an accent mark on it. So I apologize okay. if I pronounce it wrong. I'm going to call her Amy because I just think that that's what it is. But if I'm incorrect, please correct me because this woman's name deserves to be said properly. Um, Amy uh, kept the house and raised their five children. John, who was 17. George Jr., who was 14. Charles, who was 12. Catherine, who was 10. And little Amy, who was 7. It's important context to understand that at this point in the South, it was still segregated legally. Mm-hmm. So while slavery had been abolished and the civil rights movement was starting to get more traction, this was still a very heavily racist community. Uh, black people weren't allowed to vote. The white side of town and the black side of town were divided by railroad tracks. And the two didn't really interact with one another outside mm-hmm. of essential purposes. So it's a cool morning of March 22nd. You know how Southern mornings are in March. Like they're a little crisp yeah. still, but they're, they're right, sunny. It's warm. Right before that humidity kicks yep. in your face. 
Yeah. Next like five months. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So George and his sister Amy were making their way down to the field to the fields. That's all I could find. I don't know what for what purpose or what reason. But the George the second son. George Jr. is the son. Right. And he's the second. He's the oldest or is he the second? Oldest. He is smack dab in the middle. Uh, okay, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I lied. He is the second oldest. Charles okay. is smack dab in the middle. Okay. Um, so he's four, 12. 14. 14. 14. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they're making their way down to the fields on their property when uh, two little girls named Betty June Binnaker and Mary Emma Thames crossed their path. The girls were out on their bicycles looking for wildflowers. Very specifically, they were looking for maypops, which is a local name for a passion flower. They asked George and his sister if they knew where they could find any or if they'd seen any, and the two told them they hadn't seen any around. So the girls decided they were going to head down to the train tracks because there were always wildflowers around the train tracks. The four parted ways, the stinny children heading off on their way, and the two white girls headed toward the train tracks. That evening, during dinner, the Stinnies were interrupted by a frantic neighbor who let them know that the two little girls had failed to come home for dinner and that the police were forming a search party. And so George Sr. went to help search for these two little girls. In the process, George Jr. overheard what was going on and mentioned to his father that he had seen two little girls earlier that day and that they had been out looking for Maypops and he told his dad the whole story you know they said they were going to head down to the railroad tracks Uh and that was the last I saw to them and I'm sure his dad was like oh that's useful information da 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 Mm -hmm. but at and like yes that is but I can already like want to pop in from the future and be like keep your fucking mouth shut George keep your fucking mouth shut you didn't see shit you did not see anything I just have a feeling that's the way this is gonna go but you have to remember this is a good, kind, respectable. No, family. I know. I'm not. I am not saying anything on George. Like he's doing, no. You're not. He's no, doing you're not. the right thing. I understand, no, you're but not. I'm like, this is where you just sit down, just eat your peas. I just want to emphasize <laughs> for the listeners that these were good people. So his father took the information with him when he went out to look for the girls. On the morning of March 23rd, 1944, police found the bodies of the two girls down by the train tracks. No. They had both suffered blunt force trauma to the face and head. Both had punctures in their skulls. And the older of the two girls showed signs of sexual assault. Do we know how old the girls were? Betty was 11. Okay. And Mary was 7. Oh, yeah. So babies. Yeah. Every pretty much everyone involved who's a victim in the story mm-hmm. is a baby. Our, ch- our children. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yep. And I'm and, gonna just and go out they are victimized s- by adults. Yeah. There's a couple of different ideas as to what the weapon was that was used on them, but the medical examiner described it as, and this was in an article that was published in 1944, as a blunt instrument with a round head about the size of a hammer, which has led a lot of people then and since to assume that it was a railroad spike 
that was used Ooh. to bludgeon them and then stab them in the head, but that's not Ooh. confirmed. Have you seen one of those things? Those things are huge. Yeah, girl. Um, no, thank you. So because George's father was part of the search and mm-hmm. passed on the incredibly valuable information that his son shared with him, in the Jim Crow South, what the police and the sheriffs took this information to mean was that he had murdered these girls. Or at least somebody fucking, in the family had. Fucking racist idiot cops. No, like, girl. can you at least investigate from, like, just, I don't know, like, for a day. Can you just, like, at least investigate for real for one day and see if that evidence actually fucking adds up? They couldn't do a whole day. Only hours. That was their max capacity. Oh, my God. And their tiny just, little like, racist brains. I just hope that, like, those cops are, like, suffering in the afterlife. That, well, we haven't gotten there yet, but after I did all the research for this, I said, may a curse be on every generation that comes after them until someone comes along and proves that they have broken the cycle of racism. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, don't put that on, like... Great, they, great, great, until, great grandchildren. Yeah, until, until if they're until, good people, yeah, yeah. Yep, when, if they're until. not racist, then you're good. But I don't know. Just don't be fucking racist. So, okay, we're in the forties. George. Though. So George Jr. and his brother John, who was the seventeen-year-old, they were both arrested that day. And at the time when they were arrested, neither of their parents were present. Mm. John was pretty quickly released, but George remained in custody. He would not see his parents again until after his trial. <gasps> and he's like 14? He's 14 years old. Mm. He was questioned alone, without an attorney, without his parents, without mm. any sort of documentation regarding his interview, except the white arresting officer's testimony who said that Stinney, quote, had made a confession and told me where to find a piece of iron that was about 15 inches where he had said he had put it in a ditch about six feet from one of the girl's bicycles. Mm. Lies. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he yeah. did. Yeah. 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 I believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point... Uh, a lynch mob had formed that wanted to lynch George Jr., a 14-year-old child. They wanted Mm. to string him up in a tree and kill him. The rage in my blood at this moment. A child. A child. His only protection was because he was incarcerated by law enforcement. I'm so I know that obviously I'm a little shocked that the law enforcement wasn't like oops it's my break time and I left the door open and just like kind of walked away do you know what I mean because I feel like just you wait I think I think they knew that they had I just just wait it it doesn't get better I don't want I'm I'm gonna go now (laughs) 
This is important. This is important. People need to hear these stories so that when <laughs> she actually. Sorry. No, sorry. No, sorry. I did not leave. I am listening. <laughs> My um, husband is asking me a question. She, she didn't leave, but I look over and her camera's off. <laughs> I was like, she left. <laughs> All right, you guys, we're on our... No, she didn't leave. She didn't leave. <laughs> I didn't leave. I'm still here. I'm still here. Just turn your camera I just had to second. answer a question that my husband, like, needed ASAP. Yeah, so. yeah. No, you're fine. It's just funny because I look over and I'm like, oh, she, she left. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'm done. I quit. Oh. Um. So his father was also fired after his son's arrest. And the family had to leave for fear of the same racist pricks lynching them, too. They couldn't even stay close to where their son was being incarcerated for fear of death. And then, like, just the parents, like, knowing that your child is so helpless and so, like, not able to defend themselves and you can't help protect. I could not imagine. And, and, And in the Jim Crow South... Yeah. You don't you can't vote, which means you can't be on a jury. So you know not a damn person that hears your son's case is gonna be a person who's sympathetic towards him. And you are legally not allowed to be in the courtroom. Oh sh- oh fuck. I didn't even think of that. Nope. There was a scene in the movie which it they were taking some artistic uh liberties, but I think they were important <laughs> liberties because it's things that you don't think about until you see it. And it was this moment where the mom was visiting him in prison, which she was not actually allowed to do. But the point that I think they were trying to make is that he said, will you hold my hand at my trial? And she had to say to him, people like us aren't allowed in the courtroom, so I can't hold your hand. So this mother couldn't even be there to comfort her child through this. This father couldn't even be there to comfort his child through this. So, on April 24th, the entirety of George Stinney Jr.'s trial took place. This In included This included jury selection. So they, uh, so they picked the jury and then had the trial? And made a conviction on April 24th, 1944. And there's the only evidence is the white police officers testimony let's let's get into it and let's hear what the evidence is so charles flowden everyone remember this name may he rot in his grave he was a tax commissioner who at the time was campaigning for uh election to local office and this was george george's attorney oh i don't like him during the trial He didn't challenge the officer's testimony who said George had confessed. He didn't challenge the conditions in which George had been arrested and interviewed, which these were laws like we had already Mm -hmm. like laws had been established at these times to protect children. But it doesn't matter because he's black. No, of course not. I mean, duh, it's the South. No, 
he didn't point out that some of the officers had testified to differing confessions. Uh, he didn't call a single witness like George's sister, Amy, who had been there with mm -hmm. her brother and testified time and time again, both during this period of time and after George's sentencing, that she could corroborate his story and his mm -hmm. innocence. The prosecution, on the other hand, called three witnesses, a reverend, Francis Batson, who had found the bodies, and the two medical examiners who performed the postmortem examination. Okay. They were, they were not cross-examined. And did they all just say, like, yep, it's him? Uh-huh. Like, it has to... I'm just so confused as to how, like, even a judge can sit here and allow that. Because, like... They're racist, One, Chelsea. The, I know. They're racist. That's how. The Reverend, first off, <laughs> I don't know what Jesus you're praying to, but he sure ain't letting you in. Um, no. I believe he very specifically said that he loved little children. Very specifically. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure one of the commandments is love thy neighbor. So, like. And we don't kill children. Yeah. Like, but I'm oh, still. I like, just gave he, them yeah. away. I mean, I figured he wasn't, George was not going to come out alive in this situation, unfortunately. Um, I, ho I hope that doesn't sound cold, but just from history. Jim Crow South. And Jim Crow South, I was just, I mean, but first off, okay, so the Reverend found the bodies. Yep. Okay. Did you see So what does he have to say? Right. Yeah, exactly. I found the bodies. Okay. To the medical examiner, again, DNA is not a thing. So like you have nothing to contribute besides how they died. And who was the other one? It, there were two. There was the two medical oh, two. examiners. Okay. So was like George like committing the crime in front of you? So that's how you know he did it? Because I'm really confused as to how you know he did it like i just i need more x i i, I what yeah well yeah yeah <laughs> like, i can only I agree just, with you <laughs> i can't even yep. formulate a sentence it's just i'm con so confused that a judge i know i know jim crow but like a judge would even allow that yeah because he's a racist piece of shit and let's get into who this judge was Oh God! Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hold on. Give me a couple. Give me a couple moments. So, as I had mentioned, at the time, people of color were not allowed to be in the courtroom. So, this 14-year-old little boy was tried in front of a packed courtroom of over a thousand whites. After ten less than ten minutes of deliberation, the jury found George guilty of murder. Oh my God. And Judge Filio H. Stoll sentenced him to death by electrocution. There was no transcript of the, of the trial and no appeals were filed on George's behalf. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not surprised. And of that's not. so sad to say. And, I'm, and I think like we have to remember that it seems to, well, to probably a lot of white people, and sometimes myself included, uh, that 
it seems like Jim Crow South, segregation, um, all of that is so far in the past. But the reality is, is that like my mom was alive during segregation. My mom was alive like when the civil rights movement and all that stuff. And I, we forget that. I yeah. think we really, These- and I find myself being like, how is this still a thing? Like, like this was hundreds of years ago. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's I know. still I know. so recent history. These that- people's grandchildren are still alive. Yeah. And this is they, why like, I they say. Knew. They have memories with the, like, they're that person. a racist ass judge. That's why I say curses on their family until one of them proves they have overcome their racism because this judge is a racist piece of shit who deserves to rot in hell. I just want to like. Who sentences a child to death? Who sentences a child to death? What? An evil person. An evil. That's all I can conclude. That's all I like. Yeah. And you know what's you know what's the shittiest thing? Like I don't know what day April twenty like what day of the week April twenty twenty fourth was. That was the, I don't know. No, but that was the date of the trial, right? The twenty fourth. Uh yes, yep. Okay. The shittiest thing, well, not the shittiest thing. One of the shittiest and craziest things is that, like, let's say it was a Friday or a Saturday, the trial took place. Let's just say. You know, you know damn well they went to church on Sunday. Yep. And they all sat there in their fucking little pews and prayed to God and Jesus and say, forgive my sins and love thy neighbor and we're so holy. And Jesus is like. You literally just murdered a child. (laughs) Do not know how to read. (laughs) What are you talking about? Yep. Like, like yep. I can just, like, I can see it. I can see yep. it in my head. Ugh. And, you know, they all felt okay. so good about it, too. Oh, you know, they yeah. all felt oh, yeah. so mm-hmm. good about it. You. Mm. I just so, again, like, just travel remember. And, like, be in the trial room and be like, no. And, like, rip George away. And be yep. like, come with me. <laughs> and and oh, back then, it was baby. so, like, there was so little going on. We probably could have stolen him away. Nobody would have caught us. <laughs> Judge uh, Filio H. Stoll. Just so there's any witches out there that need a name for cursing. Filio H. Stoll. <laughs> yeah. Only if the generations, <coughs> if they're broken the, the cycle and they're good, yeah. leave them alone. <laughs> Fine. Yep. Yep. You're great. You have broken the curse. But curses on that family until that happens. Okay. So. After the sentencing and what we have, uh, you know, gleaned is that there was no transcript of the trial, which, again, was common. It was still common. Like it was a practice back then, even then, Mm -hmm. to have a transcript and no appeals were filed on George's behalf. George's family, local churches and the NAACP appealed to Governor Olin D. Johnson for clemency, considering his age. Yeah. But their appeals were overpowered by the appeals of others to kill this child. And yes, I am saying that word because that is what they were appealing to this governor. That is what the white people of South Carolina and in this community were appealing to this governor to do was to kill 
this child. And so he allowed the murder to proceed because, yes, that is what this was, was a state endorsed murder. So, again, Olin D. Johnson curses on his family as well under the same conditions until somebody proves they have broken the, the pattern cycle. of racism. So, after his trial, George was allowed to see his parents once while imprisoned at the Columbia Penitentiary. One time. So, I'm just going to read to you guys the quote that I took from Wikipedia. Um, I tried to rewrite it in a way that wasn't plagiarism and I couldn't figure out a way to do that. So, I'm just quoting Wikipedia at this point. Everybody just brace yourselves. Mm. Stinney was executed on June 16th, 1944 at 7.30 p.m. He was prepared for execution by electric chair using a Bible as a booster seat because Stinney was too small for the chair. He was then restrained by his arms, legs, and body to the chair. His father was allowed to approach the electric chair to say his final words to his son. And an officer asked George if he had any last words to say before the execution took place. But he only shook his head. The executioner pulled a strap from the chair and placed it over George's mouth, causing him to break into tears. And then he placed the face mask over his face, which did not fit him as he continued sobbing. When the lethal electricity was applied, the mask covering slipped off revealing tears streaming down Stinney's face. He was buried in an unmarked grave in Crowley, South Carolina. Yeah. A fucking Bible? Like, I know that's like the least thing, but I'm like, it's just so, like, it's really bad. Couldn't even give him a fucking grave. Like, monsters. It's really bad. I feel like I've seen this photo, though. This marked him as the youngest person to be electrocuted in uh, the United States. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Take a minute. We got to regroup here. <laughs> I we are, pro- got, we are professionals. Man, I hope he is just living. I hope that he is terrorizing <laughs> every single one of the people who got him into this mess. <laughs> no, I want him at peace. I want him like whatever is in the afterlife and whatever he believes. I just hope he is at peace and he is eating his favorite foods and with his family and and i will say like y'all should watch the short uh 83 hours um it was only why does it why does it say 83 hours is that how long it took from from uh, from his conviction to yeah from his arrest to his conviction it was 83 hours From what I understand. Uh, and it's it's rough. But, I mean, we need to see it. 
I mean, if there's anyone out there in the world who wonders why people of color are pissed and tired and angry, this is why. Yeah. This is why. Because we, we murdered like, their children. Pissed. Yeah. I'm pissed. And then, like, I'm not even, have no relation to South fucking Carolina. Yep. I know. Yep. So. <clears throat> so. In 2000 floor, 2000 floor, in 2004, George Frierson, who was a historian who actually grew up in Alkaloo, he had Mm -hmm. read a newspaper article about this and he kind of started doing some research. His work started to get some attention when he, because he started, you know, publishing articles and information about this case. And there were two South Carolina lawyers, Steve McKenzie and Matt Burgess, who kind of like jumped on this. And they were like, we've got to get this like overturned or fixed. I mean, it's 2004, I mean, so it's yeah, way too late. Yeah, I mean, late. but like the moment George was arrested was way too late. Like, but yeah. I... Le- I applaud them to being like, okay, we need to acknowledge we're going to fix this and like we need to do what we what we can do in this life to right the wrong. That's right. That's right. Ray Brown and attorney James Moon also helped with the many tedious hours of research. If y'all have ever done research on a super historical case, it is hard. Um, They found witnesses and evidence to assist in the exoneration of Stinney. Um, the Civil Rights Restorative Justice Project at Northeastern University of School of Law filed an amicus brief with the court in 2014. Frierson and the pro bono lawyers first sought relief through a pardon and parole board of South Carolina. So Mackenzie and Burgess, along with Ray Chandler, were representing Stinney's family. They filed a motion for a new trial on October 25th of 2013. Mackenzie said, if we cannot get the case reopened, we can go to the judge and say there wasn't any reason to convict this child. There was no evidence presented to the jury. There was no transcript. This case needs to be reopened. This is an injustice that needs to be righted. I'm pretty optimistic that if we can get the witnesses we need to come forward, we will be successful in court. We hopefully have a witness that's going to say that's non-family, non-relative witness who is going to be able to tie all this in and say that they were basically an alibi witness. They were there with Mr. Stinney and that this did not occur. So on Tuesday. Even if, sorry to interrupt, even if the judge was like, no, I'm an asshole still, and we're not going to do that. Can't they say, like, we need to reopen it anyways because there's I, – I don't know if this work, if this would work. Um, mistrial. Can you do I'm that? I'm sure – I'm sure that – I don't know what the rules are. I'm like sure that, that – if you've been co- – yeah, because, like – They knew what they were doing. Yeah. I'm just, like, also wondering, though – because we have to remember, could you this, reopen it just because and be like, it's declared a mistrial? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because like, so many of his rights were broken. But I guess he 
No, yeah. No, I you know I don't know what strat yes, that could be a strategy. I don't know what strat I didn't dive deep into the strategies that they used because we have to remember two thousand four is when Frierson started doing the research. It wasn't until two thousand fourteen that they filed their their suit. So that's okay. ten years of research that they had to go so to they, the judge. Okay. I'd wager it. they had multiple options. Yeah. Okay. So, on Tuesday, the 16th of December, 2014, Judge Carmen Tevis Mullen overturned the conviction of George Stinney Jr., who was executed by the state of South Carolina in 1944. At 14 years old, George Stinney was the youngest person executed in the United States in the 20th century. (coughs) Judge Carmen called out the behavior of his attorney, the police, the judges, for the lack of help they afforded this, quote, this child when his life lay in the balance. Mm. Since George's exoneration, a man named George Burke Jr., the son of a wealthy businessman, is the most likely actual perpetrator of this crime. His father conducted the initial search for the girls and was the owner of the territory behind the Green Hill Baptist Church where the girls' bodies were found. He was also the foreman of the grand jury at Stinney's trial. I just, like, want to throw up. Because you know that that white piece of shit assaulted and murdered those children and then went to his rich daddy... And his daddy made it right for him by murdering an innocent black child. And then probably went to church the next day. Yep. And so they're so holy. Now there is a little bit of justice. George Burke Jr. died at the age of 29 in 1947. May he rot in his grave. How did he die though? It didn't say. I looked. I tried to do research. I couldn't find anything. Because, like, if it's like he died naturally in his sleep, like, no, no, no. He's 29. Mm -mm. He's 29. He can't die naturally in his sleep. Yes, you can. Not naturally. You have heart failure or something. You can have heart failure at 29. No, that's what I mean. He would have had, like, a heart condition. He would have had a condition of some sort. Yeah, but they might not have known that back then. You just mean you hope he didn't die peacefully. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I hope yeah. he didn't die peacefully. Yeah, I don't know. I hope he didn't either. That's, yeah, I hope it was no. a bad death. I hope it was akin to being electrocuted <laughs> on top of a Bible. I hope it was kind of similar to that. Unfortunately, it's probably not. But Jesus. Okay. So the little girl's murderer has never been officially charged or trialed. And they didn't get justice either. So, yeah, so Burke Jr.'s son, Wayne Burke, had reportedly, so this was the kid who died, right, the 29-year-old, who was allegedly Mm -hmm. the person who they thought might have perpetrated the crime. His name was Wayne Burke. He later reportedly admitted that he had been told that his father picked the girls up in a truck prior to them going missing, offering to help them pick flowers. So you know that this man... Maybe he was a child at the time. Let's see. In 1947, he was 29. So in 44, he... No, he was 25 years old. So this grown-ass white man murdered these two little babies. And they Mm -hmm. literally electrocuted another little baby to cover his ass. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was gonna say, Joe, like, listen, we might not be the best <coughs> at math, but come on. <laughs> Curses. We can, we can do that. <laughs> on this family as well, until they have proven that they have broken the cycle of violence. That is disgusting. George Stinney has since been moved to the Calvary Baptist Church Cemetery in South Carolina, where he has a proper grave, and its stone Good. reads, wrongfully convicted, illegally executed by South Carolina, conviction vacated by the court order dated September 16th, 2014. Mm. And that is the case of George Stinney Jr. Do you know what happened to his family? I know they had to leave uh, the area for fear of lynching. And I I have... And like, even that, they can't even go visit their child's grave. Well, I know that as time has gone on, his family was heavily involved in the exoneration process. Like, his sister was able to testify. One yeah, of his brothers, but... I think, were able to testify... But if they had to leave the area, they probably couldn't come back after the execution. So, like, for a while, your baby is buried yeah. and you can't yeah. even go to visit him. Like, that just, ugh. I just, I'm just yeah. sorry. I just wish, I, I don't know. know. It's a, it's a devastation. And, uh, I'm really glad that George Burke Jr. is dead, if I'm going to be perfectly frank. I hope his father, I hope that his father, because you know he died before his father did. I hope that mm-hmm. hurt as much as George's father hurt. That's what I hope. I hope the pain he felt was equal to the pain that George Jr.'s father felt watching his son go through what his son went through. I don't think you ever, that could, like, I don't think that happened, though. Because George had to watch his child be murdered. Well, who knows? Maybe this yeah, we don't know. That, like, drank himself to death. Yeah, Guilt, we don't know. That would be great. Bye. Yeah. But you made a really good point earlier about the fact that this isn't... I mean, there, there are so many children who were victimized in this. There were mm-hmm. the two little girls, and there was George. Mm-hmm. And, and, and George was murdered by the state of South Carolina... And And these two little girls were murdered by a man and never got justice. Mm -mm. They were just murdered. And their families never got justice. Their family probably went believing because I'm not like I could not imagine if my son was murdered. And if the police were like, this is who did it. I'd probably be like, cool. Bye. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so they probably went for so long believing this, and then hopefully they realized, fuck, and knowing, like, so my daughters never got justice, and we were part of the that. murder of this other child without realizing it. Yeah, it's just. Ugh. And, and how much you want to wager that they didn't sit next to or near that man's father? In church every Sunday. Girl, you know, you know, he went up and con- like consoled them. And oh, yep. Yep. He was the foreman of the jury. Rot yeah. in hell. God. It's just. 
These are the times I want to believe in hell. I don't believe in hell, but I want to believe in hell because I want these people to rot. Whatever you believe in, they are they are I, at the bottom of it. I believe in hell, so they are in the seventh layer of hell. So bye. That's the worst. Enjoy. That's the worst. By the way, enjoy that. So, but yeah, that is the case of George Stinney Jr. I'm sorry that that was like rough. I know it was, but it was important to talk about the youngest child like, to ever be executed in America by electric chair on a Bible. <sighs> In the 20th century. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a um, pretty intense jump from bad vegan to this. Yeah. <laughs> God. I just, I, I have no words. I just hope that George is at peace and. And I hope. They all rot that convicted him and participated in his murder. Every single one. Every single one. So. His murder. And I, 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 whenever I was like seeing stuff posted, they'd be like, his execution, his this, his that. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're not calling it that. We're not calling yeah. it that. Because this was a baby. A baby. 14 years old. A baby. No, they, they murdered a child. Fuck you, South Carolina. Get your shit together. And North Carolina. <laughs> okay. I mean, and Georgia okay. and Florida. Like, all y'all get your shit together. <laughs> um, well, at least South Carolina did, though, acknowledge their fuck up. They did. Judge uh, Carmen was, uh, hold on. I want to know her last name. Judge Carmen Mullen uh, was very obviously distressed by what had happened Mm -hmm. so uh i think that a lot of people have a lot of regrets um as they should so yeah yeah. live with those regrets we have a lot of work to do yes ma'am still um and anyone who (sighs) is of the stinny line (laughs) may you be blessed and abundant I don't know. I can't help. This is bad. This was a bad one. Yeah. I, like, I don't even. I, I'm sorry. I just, I don't even know how to like. How do we transition it. out of this? Like, how do we? I don't, I don't think you do. I mean, it's just. Let me go ahead and you're tell right. you guys. It's ex- it, I was just to say, you're right. It's extremely important that we talk about it because it's part of the history and we have to non-people, like white people have to accept that like this is we even though like you might be in like we didn't Maryland do it. at the time we didn't do it right our, you and I we, didn't do it our race. but well, of course no. you, this is why you say that it's yeah so hard. of course so this is yeah this is why people of color are are angry and it's like of mm-hmm. course yeah, because I get it while yeah. we our race was out gallivanting around having a great old time. Sure, maybe they dealt with some natural hardships. Another community of people were not out there lynching and murdering them. Like, this is the history that they have to live with. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is why they're and allowed also, to be pissed. Wait, why isn't that fucker? Because he was like, what? What was his name again? 
Which one? Who? The judge? Which one? Who? No, no, no. The one that most likely killed the girls. Sarah, you uh, forgot his name because he's... An- George, George Burke Jr. Okay. Why wasn't Ger- George Burke Jr. in fucking war? Because he was a rich kid's son who could get away with murder, Charles. Oh, but we're part of the good old boys. So we're not actually going to go fight for our country. Go fuck yourself. Sorry. She said it. <laughs> and I agree. Sorry. I didn't mean like she said it like I didn't say it. I mean, like, she said it and I agree with her. I just yep. realized that. I'm like, yep. wait, why aren't these people at war right now? Like, we're in war, like in the midst of World War II and y'all are riding your fucking trucks yep. around? Like, I'm confused. Yep. Murdering little girls. Anyways. Who are literally just out looking for flowers. For flowers. Leave people alone. I'm just saying, like, of course, of course, George Stinney is, like, the major victim here. But I don't want to take away from the fact that these little girls, these little baby girls were just out trying to pick some flowers. Like, mm-hmm. like there were so many children violated in all of this. And, and like, fuck everyone. Just fuck everyone. I'm pissed. I know. I don't know how to, like, <laughs> I'm just, like. I'm just I'm like, pissed. Yeah. It's important that we talk about it. It's important that white people acknowledge the horrible shit that has happened in this country because of us. And we need to do better. And that's my piece i don't i don't know i can't yep. i just that's where i stand yep yep i'm there with you girl i'm there with you so. um Anyways. i think for 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 my weekly win um oh, we're just I, jumping into weekly wins like no, there you I go think, <laughs> i think what i'm gonna say is that my weekly win is that uh there are people who are amazing wonderful people like george frierson um, Steve McKenzie, Matt Burgess, Ray Brown, James Moon, um, the Civil Rights Restorative Justice Project, and uh, people like them who are out there in the world setting the record straight, clearing these people's names. It doesn't help. It doesn't help the families. It doesn't help the wrongs that have been done. Um, but that's... Honestly, what I'm going to go with is my weekly win for this week, that there's people like that who exist who are out there setting the record straight. Yeah. Well, I think it might help. I mean, obviously, losing a loved one, it's not very, especially in that circumstances. But I think it would help in some healing process of being like, my brother's name is clear. Yeah. The person I love is clear. So I think it does help. It just doesn't compare to if it just never happened. Because yeah. he was literally just going for a walk or doing whatever with his sister and didn't do it. But anyways, um, my weekly win is that, oh, God, he went on such like a enlightened path. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm over here excited for brunch club this weekend. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, totally allowed. That's totally allowed. I mean, uh, yeah. When you have I, a job that's as depressing as ours, <laughs> you're allowed to be happy about the little things. And I'm this was a rough brunch. one. Yeah, this was very rough. Um, yeah, that's my weekly win, brunch club. That's there awesome. Yeah, I, I have to go like, well, I was like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to record. I'm going to go straight to bed. And I'm like, no, I'm going to have to like go watch Superstore on repeat for like an yep. hour. You and me both, girl. not be angry. You got to decompress. 
It's bad. Yeah. I told you it was bad. This was this was a recommendation from one of my TikTok followers, uh, Jolene. Shout out to you, girl. How you doing? Um, and yeah, I'm really thankful that you shared this case with me because I had never heard of it before. I didn't even know. And uh, one of the girls were uh, watching me like just kind of like a uh, uh, like a. Proofread. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. They're watching me like proofread this. And I had to look up something that was from the documentary. So I had the documentary playing and she came over to see what I was doing. And I was like, no, baby, you need to go because I didn't want her to see like if something Mm -hmm. like if I like clicked it, I didn't want her to see anything. And so she asked me why. And her mom, my nanny parents works for uh, the coalition to end, well, she does a lot of work to end homelessness and injustice. Like, she's a, she's a civil rights advocate. Like, she does this kind of stuff. And so she's never afraid to talk to her children about injustice. And so I've done my best to mirror that. I will say I think she is kind of the lead on that because mm-hmm. she is the mother. I am not. And so very loosely, I explained to them, like, there was a little boy who got hurt by people who didn't like what he did or didn't like him because of his col- the color of his skin. And so they hurt him as a result of it. And she said, what did she say? It was... it. This isn't a direct quote. I can't remember exactly, but it was something akin to the lines of, that's just really awful. I don't understand why people's skin color matters. It's just their skin. And I was like, I know, baby. I know. That's because racism is taught. We are not born racist. We're taught. And that is why curses on every single one of those people's families (laughs) until (laughs) the racism has been broken. All right, y'all. Well, on that note, please stay safe out there. If you guys have any other like cases that you think are important for us to cover, we'll totally be happy to cover them. You can shoot us a message on our Facebook. That's at a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group. You can also shoot us a message on Instagram. That's at a thousand true crimes pod. Um, you can find me on TikTok if you also want to send me a message that way. That's witchy nanny underscore or sorry, witchy underscore nanny one one one. Chelsea doesn't have a TikTok. Otherwise, I would mm-hmm. send you hers. But any of those ways, if you guys see important cases that you think are important for us to cover, you can reach us, reach out to us that way. Um, but yeah, otherwise, please stay safe. Um, Have a glass of wine after this. Go watch some Superstore or something else that's therapeutic. And yeah, let's 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 fight racism. We can't let it stop. We can't stop fighting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. See you next time. We'll see you next time. And we're not going to have something quite so heavy. I promise. I promise. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.